You're now listening to Stouffville Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. I've been doing a series on the kingdom. I wanted to do one that I thought was really important. So we're going to be talking about praying the kingdom. Praying the kingdom. Uh, If you have your Bibles... You can open them to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And this is a very uh, famous portion of Scripture. But this is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says this. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield the temptation but rescue us from the evil one. We call this the Lord's Prayer, as you would, most of you would likely know that. It's actually, I, I was thinking, a better title for this is actually the Disciples' Prayer. This is, this is a prayer that the, that the disciples of Jesus are instructed us to speak and to pray. Pray like this, he says. So in this kingdom series that we've been doing over the last number of weeks, Um, we've talked about the already but not yet sense of God's kingdom. We've seen that the kingdom is advancing. Remember we talked about the mustard seed that starts small but grows into the biggest tree in the garden. We, We said the kingdom is like yeast in bread that just a little bit permeates and makes everything it touches expand. It is, it is advancing and moving, and the enemy cannot stop it. That is the truth about the kingdom. We also talked about kingdom living, and I reminded us all that we are royal priests and witnesses in a kingdom that will never die. So Jesus prays this prayer here to, to instruct us and to help us. And I've referred on and off to this prayer a little bit in these weeks, but I just wanted to take just a little bit of time to look at this again because I want to make sure that we get it, and I think it's important. He, he, his prayer, he says, pray like this. And so he teaches us to start our prayers. Notice this, I've been saying this, but if you've missed it, get it today. He starts, he says, pray like this. I want you to start by, by using, right, his name. He says, start your prayers with his name, his kingdom, and his will, right? And then the second half of the prayer after, then we go to give us, forgive us, right? Lead us or deliver us, right? It's a, it's a, it's a big change. Ha, has anyone ever noticed that before? Ha, have you not, never noticed that before? Thank you for being honest, the three of you. But the prayer is really, really like the, the halves are very obvious, and I'm just pointing it out. Maybe you've never noticed it before, but it's really obvious when you look at it. 
His name, His kingdom, His will, then give us, forgive us, deliver us. It's a big change, uh, that, that second half. So today, I want to look at praying the kingdom, praying your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus asked us to pray this. He was the one who said, pray like this, pray like this. He said, pray your kingdom come and your will be done. He was the one who instructed us to pray like that. And so you have to understand, right, there's a reason why he's saying it. It's important. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have mentioned it. So he mentions it because there's a point. And so we've been kind of digging in and around it uh, for the last number of weeks. And I wanted to point out a couple of things that I think are an addendum to what I've already said about this. It's, it's humbling, is it not, when you think about it? It's humbling and yet fascinating at the same time to think that God advances His kingdom through the prayers of His people. I mean, just think about that. It's kind of a mind-boggling thought, is it not? He doesn't have to. God can do anything He wants. But yet, He invites us. He uses us. He wants to use us. He wants us to be a part of it. That our, that our, our, humble, you know, our humble prayers are being used to advance a kingdom that will never die. Have you ever thought about it that way? But this is why prayer is powerful and prayer is important. So those of us who love the king, those of us who love the king of the kingdom, have this deep yearning for his kingdom to come. We want his kingdom to come now, meaning, Lord, break in, break through, touch this person, bring deliverance, bring healing, bring salvation, do what you must, Lord, push back the enemy, reach into the strong man's house and plunder, Lord, his goods. Break in. We have a yearning for that. Do you feel that in your heart when you pray? Say, Lord, we need you to break in. We need you to break through. We need you. We can't do this. We need your power. Break in. Do something. Signs and wonders. A miraculous touch of the Spirit. There's a yearning in us for that, right? There's also a yearning in our hearts to see the kingdom come one day finally in all of its fullness. Meaning, we're looking forward to seeing Him. Amen? We're looking forward to being in heaven and enjoying His presence. We're looking forward to Him coming and establishing His kingdom on this earth. We're looking forward to that. It, we're not afraid of it. We're, we welcome it. We're looking forward to it. We're excited about it. Right? This earth is not our home. We are just, come on, past. Come on. Yeah. We're excited about these things. So what does it mean when we pray for His kingdom to come? There's so many, there's so many layers to it, but I just wanted to highlight three things that I think are important that we haven't touched on uh, too much in the last number of weeks. One, the first one is this. I believe that he asked us to pray your kingdom come because it's a sign of loyalty. It's a loyalty prayer. It, there's, something, there's something in it, meaning the, the kingdom has been described in many ways, but it's been described this way. 
It's God's people in God's place under God's rule. And so his kingdom has this physical aspect to it and this spiritual aspect to it. So his kingdom really is whenever and wherever God's people are living under his rule. His kingdom is among us, Jesus said. Remember? He said, where's your kingdom? This kingdom is among you. It's here. It is here with us. So when we pray, your kingdom come, there's this sense of loyalty to it. This is what we're saying. We're saying, we want your agenda, right? We want your plan. We want your will. We want your rule. We are your people under your rule, and we are for you. We want you to be glorified. We want your name to be praised. We want you to get the glory. We want you to touch people. We want your name to be shouted off every mountaintop. We are for you. This is a, a, a deep, loyal uh, prayer. It's, it's affirming when we pray, your kingdom come. It is affirming to us that we want his will to take priority over ours. So we talked about how Jesus is the ultimate example of following the will of the Father. We are going to gather around the table in just a few minutes, but even when his flesh cried out against going to the cross, you remember the story in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if there's any way that this can be taken from me, but not my will, remember, but yours be done. This is how we are to pray. Jesus is the ultimate example. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, we are saying the same thing that Jesus said in the garden. Do you understand? He's, we're saying, Lord, I don't, want, I don't want what I want. I don't want what I think is best. I don't want what's easy for me. I don't want what's best for me. I want your will to be done. I want you to have the priority and for you to do what you want. It's not about me, it's about you. And so we're following the example of, of Jesus by abandoning our lives and our will to do his will. And that's not always easy. Have you found that out yet? See, so many times in Scripture, I mean, we see Paul... We see it again and again in various ways, but you know, we, we, we read phrases like, my life is not my own, right? I have been what? Bought with a price, right? That I live to please and serve King Jesus. Look, people say, people say they live for so many things. I was laughing at myself this week. People say, oh man, like, I live for the weekends. We don't live for the weekend. We live for the kingdom. This is who we are. Your kingdom come. I'm on your team. You're the boss. You're the man. I want you to have priority. This is a loyalty prayer. And so the purpose of praying your kingdom come is to glorify his name, to lift up his purposes. You see, our prayers, our prayers can be so self-centered and selfish. Just, just say ouch with me, all right? Like, 
Our prayers can be so self-centered and so selfish unless they are placed in the larger context of God's rule. Right? You get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm praying for His kingdom, not my kingdom. If we don't pray to get our will done, we pray for your kingdom to come. And so this is a, a huge step that we, we, we can struggle with in our prayers. That our prayers can be, like I've said earlier, we, don't, we, we, we miss the first whole half of the Lord's Prayer. We don't do your name, your kingdom, your will. We skip all that. We jump right down to, Lord, give us. Help us. Deliver us. He's, he's cool with that, but he prefers for you not to miss the first half. Because it puts it in context, right? It puts it in context. And when we miss the first half, our prayers can run the risk of being very self-centered and very selfish. Because this is all about me. I want my needs met, my disease healed. I want my family, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want this. And he's saying, how does all that relate to my kingdom coming? If you miss your kingdom come, then your prayers can slide very quickly into this whole selfish mode. And he's, he's saying, that's not, that's not how you should be praying. Don't skip the first half. This is a loyalty thing, a reminder it helps us to realign our prayers in line with His will and His purposes and His glory, right? See, in heaven there's no disobedience, right? There's no obstacles to God's will. Nothing like that happens in heaven. And so we're saying, your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. That's what we want to see here on earth, what's happening in heaven. That your rule and your reign over our lives, over our church, over our family, over our community, would come. Just like it is in heaven, Lord. May you rule and reign like that here. It's a powerful, powerful cry. This is a loyalty prayer. We can't pray your kingdom come and still live like we're the kings and the rulers of our lives. It's not true. You, it, it, it helps and reminds us to, again, to realign ourselves. You know, when we sin, we're being disloyal to the king, right? He set out principles for kingdom living, and when we disobey them and disregard them, we're being disloyal. We're trying to take the crown off of his head and put it back onto ours. No thanks, I think I'll just prefer to do that myself. Thank you, I know what you want, but I'm going to do it my way. Thank you very much. <laughs> I won't say that. But <laughs> this happens. This happens so much in our lives. Your kingdom come. Jesus says, pray it. Pray it. Don't take the crown off of my head and put it onto yours. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And let me just say this. You can say your will be done in so many different ways. Okay? Like, like you know, uh, you can feel resentment and disagreement. Like, say it like, I don't like it, but I can't do anything about it anyway. So, yeah, sure, go ahead. Do your will. 
It's like husbands. We'll get into some practical, uh, want to do some relationship family uh, uh, teaching and uh, series preaching later this year. But like husbands, like you got to know. You know, you tell your wife something that you want to do and you know in about 3.4 seconds that she's not in favor of it, okay? But you keep bugging her and pushing her and bugging her and pushing her and then she says something to the effect of, fine, if that's what you want to do, just go right ahead. If you're dumb enough to believe that, I have some counseling that I could give you. Do we say that to God? Find your kingdom come. Not happy about it. I don't want it that way. Find your kingdom come. Yeah, I prayed it, Lord, I prayed it. Yeah, that's legit, isn't it? You know? We can pray it with resentment and disagreement, or we can say it with trust and pray it with love and sincerity. Say, Father, do your will, because I know it's best. Have your way, because you're smarter than me. You're for me, not against me. You are working this out for my good. So I'm, I want to just align myself with what you want. I don't want to fight it. I don't want to, I, 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 I don't want to disagree with it. You know, it's, it's really saying stuff like, Lord, just help me where I don't understand. And change me to, to love and to accept and to trust your will. I don't know what you're doing. I really don't see it. And right now, I don't even agree with it. But I, I'm trusting you with this. God's will is best. This is always about His kingdom and His will being done. This is about you, Jesus. It's not about me. So this prayer helps us to realign our loyalties when they start to get off track. Please don't skip the front half of the Lord's Prayer. He said, pray like this. Your, it's, it's, it's Father, right? It's your kingdom. It's all about Him. And then it turns. And it helps keep our prayers very much in line with where we're supposed to be heading in our prayers. It keeps us aligned. So there's a, there's a loyalty sense to it. Second, it's a warfare prayer. It's a warfare prayer. Jesus says to pray your kingdom come because he's teaching us to pray for the defeat of the kingdom of this world, right? When his kingdom comes, guess what? The enemy loses every time, right? So the kingdoms of this world will, will become, have become, are becoming, right? The kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So there is a battle that's going on. He wants the enemy to be taken out and to replaced with a new king. And your kingdom come is a warfare prayer. Right? We're recognizing that this world is not what it should be. It's not what it, it, what it, it was intended to be. And we won't be satisfied until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord. 
This is a warfare prayer. We're saying, your kingdom come, because the one that we're in now is not great. Right? It's what we're praying. We're saying, the enemy has wrecked us. He's fooled us. He's led us astray. He accuses us. He, he steals stuff from us. He, he just destroys everything he touches. We're done with his kingdom. We want yours. It's a warfare prayer. Look at Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. This is what we're going for. Now, here's the thing. Every war, every battle, right? It, there's a battle because it's a fight. The other side's not giving up. They're, they're fighting. He's kicking back, right? So the enemy doesn't just give up without a fight. He, we don't just pray, your kingdom come, and then he just opens the door and lets it, lets, let, lets it happen. He, he's going to be defeated. We know that one day ultimately and totally. But we pray, your kingdom come both now and into the future. We want God's kingdom to break in now. We need His kingdom to break through now, right? We fight not against flesh and blood, the, world, the, the Word says, but rulers and principalities of this dark, unseen world. That there's, there's an enemy that we are fighting against. We want God's kingdom to break into our world now to plunder the strong man's house. Who can go into the strong man's house? Only the one who is stronger. We need His kingdom. We are in a spiritual battle. Satan is called the God of this world. And His kingdom must be defeated. And Jesus says, pray, your kingdom come. And understand the oomph behind that prayer. You're saying you want to replace the kingdom that you're experiencing now with a better one. And the king of that kingdom is not going to give that up without a fight. So understand, there's a fight, there's a warfare prayer that needs to be done. Look at these verses. I want to rip them off just one right after the other. But 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Revelation 2.13 I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne. This is Jesus speaking. Yet you have remained loyal to me. You refused to deny me even when Antipas, my, faith, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. He calls it Satan's city. Colossians chapter 1. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, come on, and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Man, that's a powerful, powerful little chunk of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil who? Who he is? The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. 
when we pray your kingdom come, we are asking for the kingdom of Satan to be defeated. There is a fight and there is a war. Think about it this way too. You know when we've seen throughout history when a dictator is overthrown in a country and the, the guy is finally replaced. You know, they've, they've, they, he's either killed or thrown in prison, or, or, but he's gone. And so they, they begin this process of healing and, and restoration by removing all the evidence of the dictator's reign. We've seen it throughout history, right? Like, they'll change all the laws that he, that he had. They'll arrest all of those who served with him, right? They will go and they'll knock down all the statues that these egomaniacs make for themselves in the center of the city square. They go down there and they smash it all and they begin to remove all the evidence, right? All the stuff that this dictator had done. They, they look to demolish and to overturn all the evil things that the dictator stood for. And listen, this is the think of it in this term. We want... Satan, all of his helpers, and all of his evil schemes, and all of his nonsense, and all of his rules, and all of his assaults, all of his lies, all of his destruction, to be shattered and removed. This is what we're shooting for. Pun intended. Didn't know if you caught it, just wanted to point that out. Moment of inspiration. We pray your kingdom come. Destroy this kingdom that we are suffering under and replace it with yours. It's a battle prayer. It's a battle prayer. And that's another reason why I believe Jesus said, pray your kingdom come. Because you're in a fight and you need that old kingdom to be defeated and destroyed. Lastly, it's a conquering prayer. It's a conquering prayer. When we pray, your kingdom come, we're praying not only that God would conquer Satan, but also that he would conquer the rebellious hearts of those that have been blinded by the enemy. We're asking him basically to save souls. So, I, I, I'm making a difference, uh, a difference between when I say warfare prayer, I'm, I'm mainly pointing out to the spiritual battle that needs to happen. But a conquering prayer, it, to, in my mind, I'm making a difference between those two to say, we know that one day it's going to happen that Satan is utterly destroyed, utterly defeated, and utterly removed. All of his statues, all of his nonsense, all of his laws, and all of his people are gone. It will happen. But what is going on now is that he's blinding the eyes. We read it in 2 Corinthians 4.4. It says the enemy has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. That's what he's done. They are unable to see the light of the good news of Jesus. They don't understand it. They can't see it. And so they, they need the Holy Spirit to shine the truth of the kingdom into their hearts and minds so that people, that, that, that they would be able to see, basically, and that they would be able to be saved, that they would be able to respond, they would be able to understand His goodness and His love. It's like, it's like John Newton said, right? I once was lost, 
but now I'm found, right? I once was blind, but now I see. And all of us who have experienced that, imagine those of you, especially if you got, if you've came to Jesus later in life, your perspective on things, it changes when Jesus comes into the picture. All of a sudden, things that you didn't, you didn't think were all that bad, now they seem repulsive. Things that you used to think, now you don't think that way at all. And now you understand, why couldn't I have gotten this years ago? Why didn't I see this years ago? Why didn't I understand this a long time ago? It's because your eyes, your mind, has been blinded by the enemy. Right? And so, a conquering prayer, when we, when we, when we say, your kingdom come, it also is not just about defeating our spiritual enemy, but it's about saying, Lord, we need, here is my daughter, here's my son, here's my grandson, here's my granddaughter. Lord, your kingdom come in their life. Remove the blindness, remove the, remove the apathy, remove the darkness, remove the tricks and the traps that the enemy has put into their lives, remove their addiction, remove their pain, remove their dysfunction. Lord, Your kingdom come into their life. This is a conquering prayer. And it's both. And that's why I wanted to break it out for you. We don't war against people. We war against the enemy. We want people to be conquered with the beauty and the love of God. And so, it's both. It's both that your kingdom, your kingdom come is both that. The kingdom is advancing. Look around the world, the, the church, people, believers, it is expanding and growing like never before. It is like Jesus said, the kingdom is a mustard seed that will become the biggest tree in the garden. The kingdom is like yeast in bread that will permeate and expand. The kingdom is advancing and growing and the enemy cannot stop it. And ultimately, he will be totally defeated and all of his helpers who have helped him will be completely defeated. All of his statues will be defeated. Everything about him will be scattered and shattered and he will be done. But all of that, all of that is going to happen. But in the meantime, he's saying, now we have to pray your kingdom come over the lives of those who have been impacted by the enemy, whose minds have been blinded, whose eyes cannot see. I once was blind, but now I see. See, these people have the, the, the power that is over people has to be broken and the light of the Holy Spirit has to be able to shine through and shine on their minds and hearts. So we pray. So we pray. Your kingdom come. And your will be done. See, we want the kingdom so bad to come and to capture these rebellious hearts, to capture people, to transform lives. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. When I say conquer, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a bad thing. It means uh, we, we conquer the evil so that people can be set free to be who they truly are in God. Right? And so that power must be conquered. That blindness must be conquered. That, that evil must be conquered. 
Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. He weeps over our world. He still sits on the top of the hill and says, Oh, how I wish. How I wish I could gather you all up. Do you feel the angst and the love and the burden that He looks on the city and sees lost people? He hates what the enemy has done. And He wants that power destroyed and broken so that people can be free to love and to, be, to live with hope and joy. To have a freedom in God. To live with the future. This must be conquered. And so your kingdom come and your will be done is a part of that prayer. His will is that none should perish, right? But that all would come, that all would know, that all would find the love and the truth of Jesus. We know that's what He wants for people. We know that's what He wants for your son. We know that's what He wants for your daughter. We know that's what He wants for your grandchildren. We know that's what He wants for the guy that lives in that house and that house and that house and that house. That's what He wants. It's what He wants for the people in China and Africa and the Ukraine and Russia. It's what He wants for the people in South America and Canada and the U.S. He wants it for the people of Australia and Indonesia. He wants people to find Him. Your kingdom come, Lord, into their lives. May the power of the enemy be defeated. And may they be able to see and know Your greatness. May the blinders fall off their eyes. May they understand how loved they are. May they understand how great You are. May Your glory be revealed and seen and felt and heard. So we pray Your kingdom come. Conquer hearts. Conquer hearts by the power of the Spirit and set up Your kingdom in their lives. Let them see, Lord, Your beauty. Let them see Your grace. Let them know Your love and Your mercy. Lord, melt hard hearts and may they experience Your presence. Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.